Welcome to the Wisecast by Sundaram Mutual. Hello friends, welcome to this month's debt market update. Hope you all are safe and doing well. The month of December was quite an eventful one as we had the RBI monetary policy at the start of the month followed by the monetary policy by the various global central banks. The RBI in its monetary policy chose to be cautious and kept the policy rates unchanged and continued with the accommodative stance of monetary policy. However, RBI increased the liquidity absorption through VRRR route by an amount of 1.5 lakh crore in a gradual manner and also announced the increase in the tenure of these VRRR auction. This would result in the liquidity absorption at a higher rate than the reverse repo leading into the higher term spread in the shorter end of the curve. This along with the acknowledgement in their policies by the most global central banks that inflation is no more transitory in nature and is widespread and needs to be tackled by announcing the faster pace of uh, faster pace of unwinding the easy monetary policy and also giving the indication of rate rise in the future this despite the fact that the, uh, there is there is a rise in the uh, new strain of covid-19 omicron across the globe led to the higher bond yields and bond yields rose anywhere between 10 to 25 basis point across the curve the 10 year government benchmark closed at 6.45 compared to 6.34 previous month similarly the bond yields rose anywhere between 10 to 20 basis point across the across the curve the systemic liquidity also reduced marginally to 7.38 trillion compared to 7.55 trillion In, in terms of uh, forex reserves and rupee the rupee closed the month after some volatility closed the month a percent better at 74.34 compared to 75.17 in the previous months similarly the forex reserve mark dropped marginally to 635 billion compared to 638 billion in the previous month in terms of uh, macroeconomic data released during the month the index of industrial production showed a growth of industrial production by 3.2% this was a tad lower than uh, what we saw in the month of september at 3.3% this drop was due to the higher base of the last year as on a month on month basis the industrial index grew by 4.3% after a drop of two consecutive months in terms of sub indices barring the electricity production mining and manufacturing both show a decent month on month growth as well as year on year in terms of user based classification barring the capital goods production all other indices show improved growth compared to the month of september in terms of inflation the consumer price index showed the inflation at a rate of 4.9% compared to 4.5% seen in the month of october this was largely due to the higher food and core inflation the food inflation grew by 2.6% compared to 1.8% seen in the month of october whereas the core inflation grew to 6.2% compared to 5.9% seen in the month of october fuel inflation dropped marginally to 13.3% compared to 14.3% despite the rise in the global crude prices due to the fact that the government reduced the excise duty uh, on, on these petroleum products in terms of wholesale price index it grew sharply to 14.2% compared to 12 and a half percent seen 
in, uh, in the month of October, largely due to rise in fuel and food inflation. The, uh, the wholesale food inflation rose to 7.5%, whereas the fuel inflation rose to 39.8% uh, compared to 37.2%, largely due to the rise in the global energy prices. In terms of uh, external trade, we saw uh, the provisional numbers are showing a trade deficit of 22 billion compared to 22.9 billion seen in the month of November. This was despite the fact that in the month of uh, December, the exports reached 37.2 billion, the highest ever exports registered. However, the commensurate rise in the imports nullify this gain as imports also grew by 6.3 billion on a month on month basis compared to previous month and reached to 59.3 billion. The larger chunk of this increase in the imports was contributed by non-oil and non-world imports. Similarly, on the ex export front also, the larger chunk of these exports was by non-oil exports. In terms of current account and balance of payment, RBA released the balance of payment and current account deficit data for the September quarter. The current account deficit widened to $9.6 billion compared to a surplus of $6.5 billion seen in the June quarter largely due to the widening trade deficit and investment income outflows. However, the balance of payment was largely unchanged compared to the June quarter at 37, $31.7 billion. This was largely due to the fact that there was a one-off item during the quarter of $17.9 billion that is the SDR allocation by International Monetary Fund. Save for that, the BOP surplus would have also reduced to $13.3 billion. In terms of tax collections, we saw that during the quarter, uh, during, uh, during the month of December, we saw a GST collection of 1.3 billion, which is the third, third consecutive month when we have seen the collection to the tune of 1.3 lakh crore. This bodes well for the government tax collection. Also, the direct tax collection were robust for the third quarter. We saw a 90% growth on a YOY tax collection from the previous year. This would help the government in achieving the fiscal deficit target for the current financial year that is 6.8% despite the fact that uh, the divestment the government may not be able to achieve uh, the divestment target for the, uh, the current financial year. Overall if you look at the economic recovery has been, has been robust in the recent months with, mid with little impact on the medium term outlook at least compared to what one would have thought at the start of the pandemic. However, the new worry for the policy makers globally has been the inflation as due to various reasons such as supply chain bottlenecks, higher food and energy prices, rising demand and rising wage rates have led to higher inflation even to certain extent uh, even to the extent that in certain com uh, certain countries such as US and European countries it has reached to a multi-decade high level. Now this concern is reflecting in their policy actions as well. US, for example, uh, announced accelerating the tapering in its recent policy and also the dot plot chart in the policy reflects that now the vast majority of uh, the FOMC members expect to raise the rates by 75 basis point each in 2022 and 2023. 
Bank of England also announced in its policy to raise the interest rates. Similarly, ECB also plans to wind up their emergency asset purchases by March and looking to scale back on the regular asset purchases thereafter. All these policy actions would have a significant impact on the emerging economies as these economies would be looking to tackle with the impacts of pandemic such as uneven economic growth, rising inflation, poor fiscal conditions and labor issues. However, additionally they will have to tackle with strong dollar and capital outflows. All these policy action by developed economies will have significant implications for emerging economies like India as apart from facing the challenges posed by pandemic such as uneven economic growth, high inflation and poor fiscal, they will also have to deal with rising dollar and capital outflows. Hence, the monetary policy needs to be adjusted for the possible consequences of tighter monetary policy by the developed economies. Accordingly, we believe that RBI would also be facing a challenge to support the growth in the coming quarters while taking care of higher inflation, higher fiscal deficit, higher external deficit and stronger dollar and capital outflows due to tighter monetary policy by the developed economies. In terms of inflation, we believe that the high base of 2021 should uh, lead to some cool down in the inflation in 2022. However, the continued supply disruptions, higher wage cost, rising demand and increased ability of the firms to pass on the cost or maximize their profit on the back of increased demand can easily keep the inflation higher than the RBI's desirable target of 4%. Accordingly, we believe that on the back of continued improvement in tax collection, both direct and indirect taxes and some moderation in the expenditure, government would be able to achieve this year's uh, is likely to achieve this year's uh, fiscal deficit target of 6.8%. However, as is the case after each big crisis, the economy needs support uh, for a few more years even after the crisis is over. The government would have challenges in bringing down this high inflation of 6.8% to 3% over the years and this would mean that uh, inflation for at least a few years is going to remain higher than that which can have implications for the monetary policy. Accordingly, in terms of external deficit, though they, we can see some sort of demand recovery in the global economy leading to higher exports and rising domestic production can also result in some scale back in higher imports. However, a fiscal deficit uh, is going to be a challenge particularly at a time when uh, capital flows would not be as abundant as uh, we have seen in the recent past. However, the the huge fiscal, uh, huge, huge forex uh, reserves of uh, over 600 billion and capital flows due to equity capital flows due to uh, you know continued reforms by the government and possibly uh, the uh, one-off one flows from inclusion of India's government bond into various global bond indices can also come handy at this time. This time. Considering all these factors, we believe that RBI cannot continue for longer uh, on the current uh, extremely easy monetary policy and uh, will, ha will have to 
to scale back these uh, additional measures and revert to uh, the normalization of uh, monetary policy uh, what it uh, means is rbi employing additional tools to suck out the excess liquidity from the system normalization of policy rate corridor and eventually raising the repo rate uh, what would it would mean for the rates is uh, we would see uh, some more flattening uh, of the interest rate curve which means shorter end of the rates will be rising faster than the long end however the longer end uh, despite uh, the, uh, the quantum of change may be lower but the higher duration would mean uh, more capital losses uh, uh, in terms of asset pricing so we believe uh, investors uh, should uh, try to match their investment horizon with the uh, duration of the product uh, this would uh, get them the best possible carry within their investment horizon while keeping uh, the volatility uh, at minimum accordingly for example investors who are looking uh, to park their fund for anywhere between overnight to 3 months can look for products like overnight liquid funds or ultra short term fund investors looking for 3 months to 1 year can look for products like low duration or money market products and investors looking for investment horizon of more than a year can look for products like uh, short term bond fund banking and psu or uh, corporate bond fund and investors can also uh, look for uh, some invest uh, passive investment strategy like laddering or uh, roll down strategies this would get them uh, the best possible return uh, you know in the current environment with this uh, we'll wrap uh, this edition thanks for your time stay safe stay wisecast is a podcast initiative by sundaram mutual we hope you like listening to us as much as we love presenting it to you stay tuned to the wisecast to learn more about the world of mutual funds and investing mutual fund investments are subject to market risks read all scheme related documents carefully